I just say I'm doing fine. I try to laugh. As Holly likes to say, caca. Mine's a Roman candle mind and I see red. I'm going to blame the fans. You know, I'm showing up. I, I started a podcast for this team and and they're not they're not making that very fun right now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Seahawk Fan Talk. This is your host, Michael Silliman, or the mayor. That was a very disturbing loss on Thanksgiving Day to the San Francisco 40 Winers, a 13 to, to 31 point loss. And yet again, I am uh, solo hosting this podcast today because um, my co-host, Doc, is um, out of the country. And so I'm just going to give you a couple of my thoughts, and I'm going to invite in a very good good friend of mine to the podcast as well, a first-time attendee again today. Um, so my thoughts are pretty simple. One, I was at the game with um, some of the DC Seahawk fans um, there in, in Seattle, um, sat in Positive J's seats in the in the um, Hawks Nest, had, had a really good time before and after the game being hosted by uh, the part of our friend group that that lives, lives in Seattle now. And the first thing I'll say is I was very disturbed by the amount of San Francisco fans that were in the, in the stadium. Um, I've never seen the stadium like that before. And also I was at the Baltimore game, another blowout game, which maybe I should just stop going to games. Both of those games, uh, Seattle fans did not show up very, very well. And that's kind of disturbing. And I'm also getting the, you know, I know we've lost two games in a row here and three of the last four, but I, I'm I'm pretty disturbed by that. Um, I, I still have hope in this team and I feel like everyone else is gone. My my co-host has been gone two weeks in a row now and people are people are talking about benching our, our starting quarterback. People are talking about who's getting fired. People seem pretty depressed about this team. Uh, we lost one game that we shouldn't have. Every other game we should have lost, you know, and so I'm still here. I've invested a lot in this season. I, I'm, I started a podcast uh, with my best friend and I'm still here. I'm going to keep recording all season long and I'm going to keep giving shout outs to the people that show up and I'm going to keep um, believing in this team. I do believe in this team. Um, and, you know, not that other people have to, you know, you don't have to think Gino can can win a Super Bowl, but um, I do. I do. And I'm still here. So that's my first point. Um, I'm still here. And the second point about the actual team is, oh, I'm so disturbed. You can just tell watching the Baltimore game and watching this game and being in the stadium. You can just tell immediately within that first quarter. We we got no yards in that first quarter, no offensive yards in that first quarter. You can just tell like, you know, Gino is is scared now. Um, and I think they've been doing some things to undermine him. So we can we can talk about that. Um, I think having Drew Locke on the field every time there's a timeout throwing passes if it's, as if he's about to come in is is very disrespectful to to Gino. I don't think that's right. Um, and the whole arrogance around around that locker room, um, thinking that they can win games and kind of uh, kind of playing around with a couple of these, including the Rams game, which is the one game that I think we should have won. 
out of these, um, just really a lot of arrogance. Um, and that, and that, that comes all the way from Pete Carroll, all the way through the players. And I think you see it in the penalties and I think you see it in, in the play calling, um, thinking that you're good enough to just run the same really simple running plays every single time. There's no creativity in the run game, having zero yards in the first quarter of a game, a rivalry game on Thursday night, Thanksgiving night at home against your, your rival is just so sad and so pathetic. The, the offensive line and the defensive line, for that matter, aren't getting any movement. They're they're getting beat. They're being pushed back every single time. And I think the run game hasn't been right since Abe Lucas got hurt. So I think that explains some of that on the offense. I do think Charles, Charles Cross came back and has been playing pretty well. Um, but I really think we need Abe Lucas back. And, and also, I think... Um, you know, Walker's injury is something that no one else on this podcast has been giving any credit to. Um, well, then you don't have a, a secondary back. So I do think that really hinders this offense. Um, so I'm really disturbed by the offense. And then, you know, the defense is like so confusing because like half the guys are balling out. Half the guys are are all over the field making huge plays, I think. You know, Bobby, you're getting exactly what you want out of him. I thought KJ Wright made a really interesting point on the KJ Wright show about that Bobby's um, lining up too close to the line of scrimmage. He should back off a little bit um, so he can see what's coming and be better in cast and in, in pass coverage. Um, because he's so close, he's only working on, he's only really focusing on stopping the run. But if you just took one big step back, he could cover a lot more of the pass coverage, even at his speed. So I thought that was an interesting point from, from KJ. And, um, yeah, I think Brooks has been playing incredibly well and of course had had the pick six in this game. And um, you know, the 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 rookie um it, it has been playing really well. Though, you know, the sophomores, I think um, you know, Reek <laughs> has been playing so bad and I think got benched in the previous game. You know, and then you know, Adams, um, KJ Wright again was very high on Adams, thought Adams was playing well. I don't really see it. I, I haven't really seen Adams do anything. I think he's gonna matter as this year goes on, because I think there's a contract. You know, when you're paying someone that much money, um, you you expect someone to sh- like that to show up in December. So we'll see. I think there's going to be a lot of conversation about Adams and, and the rest of this defense. Um, but they got to start putting it all together because we really need to steal one of these games uh, over the next three weeks. And of course, uh, Dallas, Dallas being next Thursday. Okay, I want to welcome to the show my very good friend, Wendy. Wendy, we're in opposite rooms in your house in Seattle. And I really want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for joining the show, Seahawk Fan Talk. This is your first appearance on the show. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'd love to. And thanks for having me, Michael. Um, So I'm Wendy. My pronouns are she, her. And as Michael alluded to, we're in the same location here in weirdly sunny Seattle uh, in late November. So super excited to get to spend time with some of my favorite people talking about some of my favorite things. Um, but okay, we were at the game together, and this is the second game. You were also at the Baltimore game, but weren't able to join after after that terrible loss. So I figured we'll have you join after this terrible loss. Do you have any thoughts on, on the game specifically, or the last game, or the whole over season overall? I have so many thoughts. Um, okay, first and foremost, though... Um, I just want to thank all the people that made that Thanksgiving day 
uh, game and surrounding time amazing and super fun, despite the horrific event that we will call the Seattle Seahawks versus uh, San Francisco 49ers game. Um, so shout outs to you, Mayor, the Commander, Lindsay, <laughs> Kai, and my mom, who is with us too. We were all having fun um, at the pregame and uh, just kind of making the best of an otherwise not as fun situation. So really appreciative of that and all the other fans that were around us too, that were doing the same, trying to, to keep our chins up despite the uh, kind of humiliation that we faced with so many 49ers fans there too, at the stadium. It was, mm-hmm. it was a lot. Um, I appreciate yeah. the, I appreciate the mother shout out the, uh, that's the, that's the first mom shout out we've had on the show. So thanks mom. Uh, th- though I know there are several moms of people on the show that listen. So, so uh really really that's our our number one demographic for the fan base here (laughs) yes love the moms love all of you thank you for everything that you do but of course special (laughs) shout out to my mom kathy (laughs) and and who who came to the game with us and actually after the game i got a chance to talk with her a little bit and she had some pretty interesting takes of hers of her own um so i thought i thought that was really interesting and yeah she's she's a smart fan that's paying attention yeah she is She's uh mm-hmm. she's listening to all the sports radio and everything like every day, so she knows what's up. She probably knows way more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but um, but you had some thoughts on the actual game or the actual team? Yeah. So, um, Michael knows that I've been super hard on Gino the last I don't know like half a dozen games, and I still think that he deserves all of my. Uh, very pointed remarks that I've made in our group text chat and everything else. However, it did become abundantly clear to me during the 49ers game, like just how much our receivers are kind of off mark too. Um, and, you know, it's not always Gino's fault. So I will cede that to you and all the other mm-hmm. Gino fans out there. Um, but it just, it just seems to me, yeah, <laughs> it seems to me like, you know, we're just – not in sync right the either you know I I saw an article the other day that DK was talking about that he's trying to do too much which it could very much be it right that they're like trying to help save Gino when the O-line breaks or something like that um to where Gino then like is still expecting them to be in a certain place and they're not or they're just trying to break away and not sticking to the routes and you know it doesn't always help to do that so could explain some of the the missed passes and interceptions. So I still feel very strongly that some of those interceptions are just like bad decision making by Gino's part, mm-hmm. thrown into mm-hmm. thrown into areas that are very heavily covered and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I actually agree with this, and I do think Gino is the first person to blame. He's always going to be the leader of the team as the quarterback, and that's always going to be the blame. And I don't want to be the one to rush to other explanations i want to let that be and sit and be you know i want to be the one to say that as well like um because because i was so anti-russ and then so pro us moving on from russ and then and then so thrilled with with gino um second coming of gino uh last year that you know now i'm kind of labeled as the gino guy but um yeah i do think he's been underperforming you know, definitely my hopes, but I think even the average fans hope, which is lower than mine for him, you know, and we've seen him do it for stretches. And we've seen him do it even in games this year for stretches during a game. We've seen him 
come from behind and win in multiple games, most notably in overtime against the Lions. And then in the fourth quarter and two other games, he drove down the field and we actually won two of those and, and, and lost one, um, lost a, a third one where we drove down the fourth quarter and Gino put us in range against um, the the Rams team the second time. So yeah, I agree with you that, that Gino has been messing up and, you know, he's shown flashes, but it hasn't been consistent and the turnovers kills you. And I, I can't believe uh, Pete Carroll is, is uh, sleeping well at night with the amount of turnovers we've had. And now I'm going to transition and say there's other things at fault. Still, I'm still on this. We don't have Walker in this game. Mm-hmm. We Our offensive line is getting destroyed, though I will say Charles Cross had a really good game the last several weeks, and it's really nice to have him back and healthy, and we're really hoping to get Abe Lucas back. And, you know, you mentioned the receivers, and I actually feel like the receivers are probably the last people I would blame on this offense because I the third person I would blame is – is Shane Waldron and the play calling. Um, we thought this against the Washington game. Like, what are they doing? And they're they're and you know, DK and several other people have made comments about how it's it's you know too complicated or their timing's always off. And some of those misses that Geno's are having is not because he's actually throwing the ball in the wrong spot, it's because the receivers are messing up or because the timing's off, he's throwing it too early or too late. Um, so that you know, and those are all excuses that I don't really want to be totally branded as just making excuses for Gino here, but um, there are a lot of other factors here. And, and then the penalties too. I mean, it keeps killing drives when you get a a false starts, 10 yards that, Mm -hmm. that kills every drive, especially when we're barely just doing enough to win. Like if we win, it's because we play a perfect game and we're barely squeaking out the wins. And then, you know, we know all those screenplays and all that stuff that Shane Waldron's calling. We knew like once you're, up against a better defensive line than you're on offensive line, all that smoke and mirrors doesn't work anymore. You get blown up. And I, I was saying this earlier in this podcast and I was saying it several weeks ago and at both the games we were at in Baltimore and, and um, this one, the, I knew right away is in the first quarter. I was like, Oh, this team's just better than us. Like if we beat them, it's because we got lucky or got some turnovers or something, but you can tell just by watching the lines on both sides of the ball, you know, on defense, their lines just getting gashed and run on and on offense, like the offensive linemen are moving backwards. (laughs) There's no push at all. Even, Mm -hmm. even, uh, even, yeah. And there's no pocket for Gino to step up in. Gino's not good at escaping out of the side of the pocket. So yeah, I felt right away in this game that we were the worst team and yeah. Yeah. Well, Back to your point about play calling, though, I will say that I was very, very glad to not see a Wildcat play called this game. <laughs> Those have not worked well for us. It may work well for other teams, but like the ones I've seen them in multiple games now that I've been at, and it's just not, it's not working, right? We're not that team. Um, and yeah, I think they are trying to get creative and you know, on one hand, they're being criticized for being too boring. On the other hand, they're mm-hmm. like, when they try to get creative, it's, it's like really weak plays and maybe we don't have yeah. players for it or something, but yeah. Yeah. I, I certainly miss the creative or like the creativity of the past that we used to have where it was like, you know, our punters or kickers throwing something random or whatever, just totally out of the box that most people don't even try. And some of them didn't work out for us, but some of them did. 
So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I appreciate that you're uh, not blaming Gina for everything. Did you, <laughs> did, did you have a, did you have another point that you wanted to make about the, about the team overall? Yeah. Um, you know, I was looking at some overall stats for the season. I'm honestly really surprised that we have the record that we do when you look at the stats. I mean, not that we're so far off from all the opponents that we've played. It's, it's relatively close in the grand scheme of things. But we're down against our opponents in every single stat that could be perceived as positive for us, except for defensive touchdowns and surprisingly, much to my chagrin from the previous point, um, total passing yards. And yeah, like we've um, we've had some successful games. We've done pretty well. But, um, you know, I just feel like it really surprised me when thinking about it overall, because to your point, I just even those that we have won, I have not felt like we were definitively the better team. So um, Mm. it just seems kind of like a, a juxtaposition there. Yeah, I guess that is a credit to our defense, to your first point, that mm-hmm. they have gotten a lot of scores, um, defensive scores. Of course, you can't rely on those, and <laughs> they're getting <laughs> gashed. They're also giving up. You know, in this game, you know, they gave up 31 points but did score. You know, Brooks uh, scored a pick six there, and Brooks has been playing really well. Um, I'm excited to see that he's kind of finally taking the lead. Last year, we asked him to be the captain, and I think that was, like, too much for him to – too much for him to handle but with Bobby back he's kind of able to just like focus on you know getting to his right spots and he's been doing a mm-hmm. lot better with that so that that was really good to see him get a score and then you know as far as passing yards you know we barely win the games that we win and then we're getting and we have several games where we've been blown out now I mm-hmm. think even that very first week one against the Rams the Baltimore you know and then now this game so we we've been at two of the three blowouts. So I think we need to stop <laughs> going to games. Yeah, um, you know, and then and then you know our offense hasn't been totally dead in the water. It's more been marching down the field, and we've had hard times converting third downs, and we've had hard times yeah. punching it in the end zone. And we've been settling even for some of these like the win against Washington. We settled for you know four or five field goals. Um, so that's you know why it's not the yardage um, and Gino looks fine as far as yardage and p- completion percentage and even yards per pass, you know, all of those types of stats he looks fine in, looks fine in, but it's the, like, it's the actual scoring that we're having the problem with. Yeah. Not we, we have a lot of empty yards. 100% agree on that one. You know, at the end of the day, it it is really tough. I was talking with some people about this yesterday. It is really tough um being a Seahawks fan and having such a long win streak as a Seattle sports fan in general we're not used to that right so now the things are maybe not necessarily quite as positive as they have been the last like decade starting to you know like feel a little bit more like the Seattle sports of old (laughs) it's a little tough Mm -hmm. to swallow but you know at the end Mm -hmm. of the day love this team love the city and uh you know, I know that they're all taking this pretty seriously too. So we can just be there to support them and do what we can as fans. I was even telling the commander earlier, I believe Gino can win a Super Bowl. I still believe that. And <laughs> I, I know that puts me on a, out on a limb, you know, um, but that's where I, that's, I, I still believe it. I do. I've seen enough to believe that like he can do it. And 
if if Matthew Stafford can win a Super Bowl, if Brock Purdy can win a Super Bowl this year, then give me a break. Gino can do it, but you, <laughs> you need you need the right team, and you need yeah a ton of skill players on both sides of the ball. You know, absolute legends on both sides of the ball, and I <laughs> I I don't know about that right now with this yeah. team, but. Well, and on top of that, who play well together, you can have a ton of great people, but if they don't play well together, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And healthy and, you know, put mm-hmm. it, putting all the pieces together and good coaching and it takes, it takes, a, it takes the whole team. Yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. And before you leave, I want to thank you for hosting me while I'm here in Seattle this time. And also for hosting me for Thanksgiving. Uh, this is my little adopted Seattle family. So I really appreciate you all. And during the Thanksgiving dinner, uh, we did a little land acknowledgement. Um, I really appreciated you doing that and, and um, leading that. And you also encouraged us to do another land acknowledgement um, on this podcast. So I thought maybe we could reenact that Thanksgiving Day acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, so would just like to acknowledge the fact that currently we're recording this podcast on and uh, the Lumen Field and much of Seattle is on the unseceded land uh, from the Duwamish people and the broader native tribes of the Washington Pacific Northwest region. Yeah, thank you for for saying that. And, and we did do a land acknowledgement at the very beginning or intro. Um, but I don't think we had many listeners yet. I think <laughs> the first the first episode was before the season even started, and I think we got ten listens. So, and, and now 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 we're up to a couple hundred. So, well, and now you're uh, you're here in locations, so it's always great to get to recognize a different area, different peoples, and um, you know, just kind of reiterate the overall sacrifices the the native peoples of what we now call the USA. Uh, have made for all of us. Yeah. And, you know, living in DC and, and you used to live in DC, so you understand this, the, like it's not present at all. There's barely any mm-hmm. references at all. And I even went on a tour of the entire DC area, like looking for every reference and they were pretty sad and some of them weren't even there anymore and were missing and, or had been defaced and no one even knew, noticed it or yeah, it was pretty sad, but out here it's, it's really everywhere. I mean, all the words, you know, I'm from squim, <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking about the Elwha, we're talking about a Seahawk, you know, this is a, a sacred bird, um, in, in, for, for native tribes in this area. And yeah, um, based on, based on a totem pole. So, yeah. Um, and they even do land acknowledgements before games at Lumen too. So it's pretty great. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a, a first step, not, not the last, but a first. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Well, um, thanks for coming on and thanks for that. And thanks for hosting again. I really appreciate you, Wendy. Thank you. Appreciate all that you and Richard do to keep our family together, our chosen family and uh, everything that uh, the broader Seahawks fan base is doing to keep it up. You want to make a reference to the Sonics before you sign off? Ooh, I don't know the number of days, but <laughs> the Seattle Supersonics were to ever come back, I think my heart would be whole again. Mm. I think that's how we all feel. Bring back the Sonics and and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.